Welcome to Perspectives, a podcast by Essence Learning LLC, and a place where leaders learn from leaders. Let's join today's episode. Welcome to Essence Learning Perspective Podcast, where we have leaders teaching leaders. And I am excited. My name is Kenitra Kiki Heiss. I am a Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Director. And joining me today is our guest, David Porter. David, how are you today? I'm doing great, Kiki. It's great to be here with you. Great. Thank you for being a guest for today's podcast, where we're going to talk about leading through listening. Um, so in our last Essence newsletter, um, our Perspectives newsletter, we had an article talking about leading through listening. And it's very important that we talk about that um, or as a skill to be an effective leader. So David, we're excited that you're going to be able to join us and talk about those tools and resources and give us tips on how we can effectively lead through listening um, and just enhancing our leadership skills in general. So thank you for joining us. You're So let's go ahead and jump into about why listening is important to leadership. You know, sometimes it's not on job descriptions. We don't talk about it all the time. Can you give us your perspective on why listening through leadership is so important? Yeah, I'm happy to. Uh, In in my experience, I was a a leader in small, medium, and large organizations for 30 years, and I've been doing this executive coaching and advisory work the last five years. My experience is all leadership happens in conversation. And I think one of the challenges around conversation is we oftentimes spend a lot more time talking and we're better at talking than we are at listening. And I think listening is a gift. The fact that you can sit somewhere and and feel heard is huge for people. And so for me, the listening component, I think, is underdeveloped in a lot of leaders compared to the talking component. And uh, it's a critical element of being a successful leader. Yeah, great. I completely agree with that. And sometimes we misunderstand that or we don't follow through on listening and and leading. And I automatically think of, you know, our younger generations as well. Sometimes listening is not an important skill that's developed because of the onslaught of so many different things in front of our faces, social media, news, and everything. How do you overcome those blockers to be an active listener? Well, I think you make a great distinction, Kiki, and and one of the points, and there's a, a recent quote that I read, is that hearing is physiological. We a sound happens in a room, and our ears pick it up or not. Listening is psychological. And so one of the challenges around listening is making enough space to your point about all of the noise that we have. So one of the strategies that I think can be helpful is before we're going into a situation to have a conversation with somebody, it could be a negotiation, could be a uh, performance uh, conversation, it could be simply a, a meeting of peers. Whatever that situation is, if we can take just a few minutes to try to quiet our mind and listen to ourselves. And that sounds like kind of a strange thing to say, but that quieting process, I think, allows us to make a little bit of space to let somebody else's message in. Yeah, I think that's so important to the quieting process. 
um, because I know now in times of, you know, during the pandemic, and there's so much things on people's mind that the quieting process sometimes becomes hard to follow through on, like quieting your thoughts so you can listen to others, right? Absolutely. Now, you know, we talk about listening and through leadership and, um, what are some of the ways, how can you manage those different ways of communication styles? Whether it's, you know that person is listening through active body language or maybe they communicate in a different way. How do you manage those different styles as a leader? Well, I think we struggle sometimes uh, to apply what works for us, our own styles to other people. And we end up setting expectations that lead to disappointment, right? And, right? and so one of the things is simply, I think, just being open to the fact that everybody is going to show up differently. And frankly, that uh, diversity that walks in the room, if you can welcome that and mm -hmm. sit with it, notice it, put it in perspective rather than judge it and react to it, I think makes it safe for folks, and I want to talk a little bit about psychological safety, not my concept. Yes, the concept please. that Amy Edmondson at Harvard and, and many others have talked about, but that notion of creating a space where we feel like we can be ourselves, share something for others to listen to, right? Share a teachable point of view or something else that allows us the freedom to know that we're not going to be kicked out of the club, if you will, yeah. to be rejected, to be embarrassed, to be shamed. That psychological safety piece is absolutely critical to creating a trusting environment where people can show up. Dialogue cannot happen without safety. What happens in a room of people, and, and you and I have both, Kiki, in our careers, been in rooms of people where there was almost dead silence, 10, 12 leaders even in a room. Definitely I, been in that environment, yeah. yes. And, and what happens is something happens, a, a boss gets, I'll use the word passionate, um, because it's, a, I guess, a, a better word than anger, angry, um, at, uh, with a group of people. People shut down because it doesn't feel safe to provide their point of view, right? right. And so if we can't create that safety, it's impossible to create that dialogue where we're talking and listening to one another, exchanging ideas. Yeah, I think that's such a powerful statement about the safety, right? Talk about the safety in the room and how it correlates with silence and, and you have to have that safety and that trust and I feel like you have to have respect as well in order to, you know, respecting each other's safety and respecting that leader that's in front of you Agreed. too as well. So um, it just reminds me of our Essence for Respect class um, that we have that's available that talks about how can you set boundaries for respect? What does respect mean to different people? Because I think that correlates really great with listening and also enhancing your leadership skills as well. Love that. Yeah. How do you, what advice, I should say, do you give to leaders to create that environment of safety and trust and respect? Because I feel like sometimes it's hard for leaders to do that when maybe there's been some conflict on the team or some kind of tension. So how do you, as a leader, create that environment? Well, one of the ways is, uh, first of all, I ask leaders to give themselves grace, first and foremost, yes. because all of us, um, spent 16 to 20 years of our, our, our most formative years 
being graded, being scored, being compared, and comparison is the path to um, someplace that's not good <laughs> to me. Yes. And, and I think we really end up, there's a big kind of shame element there. So part of it is, is creating that space, that reserve, that allows us to show up in a way that is more open and provide that grace to other people as well who may have different points of view, uh, et cetera. And I think the psychological safety piece, it, it's not just for a group of people. It happens when we're together. And one of the ways that I try to help create that is by asking more questions. Right? You come in a room and you're sharing your point of view. I may listen for a while and say, Kiki, I appreciate it. I'm saying yes, uh-huh. I'm acknowledging with my body language, the tilt of the head, that I'm, I'm paying attention and I'm engaged with you. Right, that body language. Exactly, body language is huge. It's 60% of human communication still, right? We're right. not keeping up with the technology in our evolution. The reality is, as humans, and it's been one of the challenges of the last two years, not having that social connection has created huge mental health crises. That's not the point of our discussion today. But I think we should name that and just acknowledge that this has been difficult across the board being separated from people we care about. And that includes our colleagues at work, family, friends, et cetera, right? right? So in that room, I like to ask, in that situation, I like to ask questions and, and open-ended questions, not yes, no questions, but how can I help? Uh, can you tell me more how you feel about that? And create that dialogue that lets people know I care. And if I can continue just a second, I want to talk about that care piece because yes, please. It's, it's a critical element of trust. If people believe we care about them, they will give us broad latitude to be, if we're not reliable all the time, if we show up late, right, for a meeting occasionally, mm -hmm. those types of things, we tell a different story if I think they care about me than if I don't think they care about me. In which case, I get very, we get very little attitude, right? About sincerity, about competence, about our reliability, other key elements of trust. So that care piece, and back to kind of the opening statement that I made around, if people feel heard, they feel cared about. When we don't feel cared about, it's because we don't think somebody has given us the time or attention or, or is you know they're, they're distracted in that moment we right. can walk away going well they clearly had other things on their mind and it wasn't about me it was about them right that self-orientation was very high so I think that caring piece is also critical to the psychological safety if you have a team of people not that all agree in fact they could vehemently disagree about points of view right diverse right. points of view if you have a team that believes they're in it together, that outside of the room, we're gonna have your back, then you can have those kinds of difficult, in quotes, conversations that a lot of us as leaders avoid or delay right. for what it's worth. Yeah, I, no, those are all great points when you talk about the psychological safety that people need to have. People wanna feel valued and heard and understood in order to get that safety right. So I think you made some great points. I wanna, you know, I'm gonna write those down and put them in my office, giving grace and asking open-ended questions and then just making sure that you care and show that you care. I think those are all great tips and advice for leaders, especially now 
because you're right, we just went through something very dramatic with the pandemic, we've been separated. So we need to understand how to give that caring to better lead our teams, right? Um, so what, what can leaders do? Like what can they do to improve on their skills or to really work on mastering those guidelines of psychological safety and listening? So there are, you know, all of us can go out and Google listening better or go to YouTube and see a lot of videos and there's a lot of great stuff out there. 70% of our personal development happens during stretch assignments. Our growth and learning happens as a result of not only having that knowledge, but putting it into action. Right. So what I'm going to say to you is find a friend, a peer, um, somebody you feel safe with and practice these conversations, right? Especially the more difficult ones where you're trying to give people constructive feedback yes. on a team. Um, because we don't do it regularly, it's, it's kind of like, um, I'm sorry to jump around, but it's kind of like when you're, you're in a leadership position and you have to go through a termination process with an employee, right? Um, I've had to do that many times in my career. I have never not been sick to my stomach the morning that that happens. And I told myself sometime into my career that if I ever don't feel that way in the morning, I'm gonna go find something else to do because I think I've lost a little bit of my humanity. Right. Right. So I think practicing, and actually role playing can be more difficult, honestly, than the actual conversation. It's yes, kind it of can. Just uncomfortable and so forth. But I'll do that a lot with my clients, and I'll act as a as the as the individual, and we'll go through kind of the scripting, not so they can write down all the notes, but they can feel the flow of it and kind of get familiar with it. So practice, I think, makes, and I would say, deliberate practice makes perfect here, or makes better, because I don't think, you know, all of us I think are always on a journey to try to improve our communication skills, certainly the listening side. Right. So that practice piece is is, uh, I, I think. The best idea, the best single idea, we can talk about some other things that I have around that. Yeah, definitely the practice. So I know I have a partner that I call to nice. practice things on. Yeah. You may be added to the list, David, just so that you know I'll give you a call. I'm here but, for it. Because <laughs> um, I do like to practice my communication skills because I am a new leader and I feel like it's important for me to make an impact through that as well. Right. Right. So um, talking about listening, you know. A lot of times our leaders, and I kind of want to switch the subject a lot, because sure. the leaders sometimes, especially in a manufacturing environment, they put profits over people, mm -hmm. right? Or production right. over people. Right. So the listening that goes on in those types of environments, it's very limited. How do leaders who work in those environments, manufacturing, warehouse, um, truck drivers, or logistics, how do you overcome those barriers and those challenges? I think one of the things, it's a great question um, and a powerful one. I, I think one of the things that we can remind ourselves of is we have the opportunity always, if we want to lead other people or influence other people, right? And I, and I talk a lot about control and influence. Right. Leadership is more about clarity for me than it is control. We get to control, yeah. in my view, one person on the planet. And that's ourselves. ourselves. And arguably that, depending on when we have that amygdala hijacking, <laughs> right? right? And, our, and our brain kind of shuts down and we're in that stress, uh, uh, freeze, flight, uh, fight or flight kind of situation. But if you can lead yourself, 
what that allows you to do is to show up to a conversation, no matter what your role is in an organization, and influence from any, any place. And how we treat that other person, how we show up in that moment individually, that is within our control. Fair? I don't know yes. if you buy that or not. Yeah. But, but how I want to uh, impact you or influence you or support you, that one-to-one, -one, that's leadership, right? To be clear, no matter the title. The titles don't matter here. These are two humans talking. So I think there's an opportunity when we are in small work groups to say, and I've done this in many organizations myself, I always had the option to lead my team in a way that was consistent with my values, with our team values, our organization values, no matter what was happening above me, right? There's right. always a bigger fish, right? There's always somebody up the line, a board or a CEO or whatever, no matter what your role is. But we have the opportunity to show up and choose the way we, we show up with one another and support one another. Does that make sense? No, it does. And I feel like that's very powerful, too. When you talk about control over clarity, yeah. right? And it's just human beings having a talk. I think sometimes we miss the human-to-human -human interaction and that's we're right. so focused on titles and who's responsible for this and that, but we're just really two humans having a, a conversation with each other, right? And I know that, you know, there's a big uprise going on right now with, you know, millennials and Generation Z coming into the workforce and being more in leadership positions, yes. right? What advice would you give those new leaders just starting and coming into that environment um, to remind them to be human beings and to really focus on how you can live in. Well, one of the, there's a guy named Michael Bundy Stanier, a very strange name, uh, who wrote a book called The Coaching Habit and a book called The Advice Trap. And one of the things he said in The Advice Trap is, it's important to find ways to stay curious longer. And over the years, and this book just came out less than a year ago, over the years as I look back on my career, people ask me, you know, how were you successful or why do you think you were successful? The, the answer I always landed on was I was curious. I didn't mind my own business, and it wasn't about self-aggrandizing behavior, I don't think. It was about how can I help my team in this organization? How can I leave it better than I found it, right? right. It sounds kind of trite, but it, it, it summarizes how I've tried to show up in my leadership. Curiosity is absolutely key, and when you're curious, you're open. You have a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, right? And what, right. what do I mean by that? Fixed is I was born and, and I, you know, I believe this is the way I am and I'm not going to change at its extreme. My growth mindset is more, is less about scarcity and more about abundance. What is possible for us to achieve if we're able to work together? Back to the productivity piece, mm -hmm. right? None of this happens. I don't care how good your processes are. None of this, how good your culture or bad your culture is, ultimately, people are everything here. So right. when leaders say to me, you know, this person's being too emotional, I will say, you mean being too human? Because we are meaning-making machines. That is how we were designed. We have right. over 100 emotions that we demonstrate, right? 10 or 12 commonly, but 100. We are our, a, you know, we don't show up the same way every day. We have the same face, the same name, <laughs> All of that, but the reality is, depending on what happened that day, we are showing up differently, right? Right. So that that's the that, that curiosity piece. I don't care what 
what generation you're from, I think that allows you to be open to other ideas, open to learning, open to growth. Yes, I think that's so important, that growth versus fixed mindset. When you said that, I just automatically ring the bell in my head. But that is so important that we discuss and talk about. Um, and I know that's something that we do in our generational differences class that is um, an essence learning course. You can find it on essencelearning.net listeners if you're interested in reviewing our generational differences course for your organization as well. So just in general, Nancy, because you're a great executive coach, um, I'm always, you've always been an inspiration to my leadership style. Um, what advice, just in general, about leadership do you have for our future? What does the future of leadership look like? Well, I, I think the, I think we've proven over the last two years, um, at least anecdotally for me in my practice, that there are different things that, mat that matter to people now that matter two years ago. We were reminded of that. I think other things took yes. primacy yes. as we uh, took care of our family, friends, neighbors, uh, and each other. Um, I think leadership, our ability, and I define that as, as our ability to help influence people in order to achieve something bigger than them. Right? I think leadership is more important now than it was two years ago. And that's saying something, wow. because I think it was critically important, but um, without getting into the, the global situation and the things that are going on, even locally, each of us has an opportunity to contribute more of who we are. And I don't mean working 60 hour weeks when I say that. I am absolutely uninterested in a leader being busy. I am interested in them being successful. Wow. However they define it. That's not up to me to define as an executive coach or an advisor. It's up to them, you, as leaders, to mm -hmm. define what does success look like? At the end of this month, when I look back on what we did this last 30 days, was I successful? I don't know. I can't answer that for you. But it's a powerful question to ask to make sure you are getting to the end of the month. If you're busy and successful, fine, right? I mean, here's some ways to you know, hopefully make sure you're sleeping and other things. But if you're busy and not successful, that I think is, is failing our, ourselves, our teams, our families, right? Because we are not able to bring all of ourselves to a particular situation. And if I'm tired, if I'm not sleeping, if I'm um, worn out, burned out, there's no possible way I can show up as you, to you as a leader and be as supportive of you to remove those obstacles, et cetera, as I could be if I, was arrested and, and able to focus better and frankly listen more versus simply going through all the tasks that we have to accomplish. Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah, that, that, that makes great sense. And I feel like those are some powerful words as well. Um, you know, especially it hit me when you said, I don't care if you're busy, I care if you're successful, That's right. right? Because many a times I hear leaders saying, I'm too busy to handle right. this, I, I can't manage this. Those things are different to me. Very different, right? And we sometimes lose focus on how successful we're being as leaders. Are we being successful in the work that we're doing? But not only the work, but our people. Are our people happy? And do they want to stay with us? I feel like those are important things, and especially now. People aren't staying if they're not happy, right? right? So we have to ensure as leaders that people are happy, they're successful, and that in turn makes us successful as well, right? So 
you know, our time is coming close to an end, but I do want to take this last moment. Can you share any, if, or for our listeners today, what is something that you really want them to get out of listening to leadership? So I, I think one point, and I use a, an exercise with my clients that has them as they're going through the next two weeks of meetings. Um, all of my clients, as it turns out, spend about 60 to 80% of their time in meetings. Yes, right? I understand so that. So that's partly why they're busy. And we can have a different, a different podcast on meeting effectiveness, which isn't <laughs> for, for today. But that, that busyness, uh, the, 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 uh, that piece there, and I've lost my train of thought for a second, sorry. I'd like people, uh, it's the noticing exercise. I ask them to notice the emotions they're feeling, just jot them down, just notice it. Then I'll ask them when we get back together a week or two later to sit with it and put it in perspective, those three steps. As an example, if I'm sitting in a, in a meeting, I'm trying to figure out how to listen more to you, right? Right. I wanna make myself a, a, aware of the following things. What questions am I asking as I'm listening to you, Kiki? A lot of times we're asking, do I agree with her? Do I disagree with her? What am I going to say in response? That's what we spend our time focused on, rather than, and that's about me. All three of those questions are about me, yes. not about you. So to the extent I can step into your shoes and listen to you, that's going to be helpful, I think, from a listening perspective and how we're showing up as leaders. Okay, great. And David, can you just share with our listeners if they're looking for executive coaching from you. Where can they reach out to? Yeah, I'm at uh, davidporteradvisors.com, ORS, not ERS. Uh, David at davidporteradvisors.com is my email address, and I'm happy to uh, talk to anybody that is interested in talking about executive coaching or you know, improving their leadership effectiveness. Great. Well, I want to thank you, David, so much for joining us today on our Leading Through Listening podcast. It's been an honor. I know I've taken nuggets from what you said today and I'm going to start applying them as soon as I hit the workforce, right, um, and go back to my office. So just want to thank you so much. Thank you, Essence Learning listeners, for um, taking the time out of your day to listen to our Perspectives podcast. And with that, that is me signing out for this episode. Thank you for joining Perspectives, a podcast by Essence Learning LLC. Essence Learning is your solution to personal and professional development. We partner with our clients to develop a learning strategy that will increase productivity, enhance performance, and align with their purpose and goals. For more information visit us online at essencelearning.net or call us at 1-877-657-5755.